I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It is a numbers game. Good Monday morning to you. Happy Labor Day. Do you say happy Labor Day, Kelly? Do you do that? Skill Alexander. Kelly Bidlin here for a numbers game. Beeson.com, the Beeson app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. What's the answer to that question? Yes? I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. When's the last Labor Day you haven't worked? <laughs> uh, 19. I don't do, know. Do people throw, like, barbecues? Like, I don't I don't really know. Uh None I was invited oh, to. You know what everybody's doing? Actually, I know what everybody's doing in Las Vegas today. What's that? Flying out of Las Vegas. Is that what they're I, doing? I, I've seen, I've probably seen 200 people just at the South Point waiting to get out of here oh, and get to the for airport. Oh, for their long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, here's the thing. T- today on the show, first of all, we're going to try to, in this first segment, try to pack in as much from this past weekend as we possibly can for both tennis and college football. Can't even get to baseball, which was awesome, too. But we'll talk about all these throughout the show. Paul Spore on baseball a little later on. Pete Futak on the wackiness, the zaniness that was college football this past weekend. And then Las Vegas Chris joins us towards the end of the show. Uh, final time to talk to him before the season starts. Go through some of his uh, his tweets, some of his thoughts, some of his, th- his thinking heading into both contests and beyond. And our favorite, Kelly, and my favorite uh, alt-season win totals in the National Football League because we've talked about that at length. And... Oh, Survivor Strategery, Kelly. We don't want to forget about that. A little That's Survivor right. Strategery. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. This is going to be a good show today. You're, I, you're right. Like, you're talking about only some of the sports that were nutty. I even caught the end of the WNBA games yesterday right. were nuts. I heard NASCAR was nuts. Yeah. And, like, it was all over the place. Aces won in overtime, and then... Uh... Candace Parker and the Chicago Sky getting up a two to one lead in their best of yeah, I watched uh, that. I five watched series. That Aces game. That was nuts. Collision course in the WNBA. Watch out. Got to get Danielli on here. All right. So, first of all, let, let's start with, uh, as we always do here, with tennis during the U.S. Open. Uh, we hit, for those who follow on Twitter at Beating the Book, we hit both of our overs this weekend one yesterday, one on Saturday. So, a nice weekend of tennis picks. Today, uh, but, but the, real, the real sickening part yesterday was that our real long shot, the, the, the lady that I could have won the most money on, Kelly, Ludmila Samsonova, both as a quarter winner and as a full tournament winner. If she had won this tournament, it would have been the biggest betting haul of my lifetime. Bigger than Ega, bigger than Ole Miss, bigger than, ever, bigger than everything. Did I say bigger? 
bigger than it all. Whatever. Bigger, yeah. too. But she has eight set points yesterday against Isla Tembianovic, who beat Serena, and she couldn't convert any of them. And then she completely collapses, which we knew would happen after she squandered eight set points. I haven't been sicker about a tennis match since I don't know when. So that goes by the wayside. Oh, man. It was brutal. I must have. It was brutality. The worst part about that is I think I, I must have read those read that wrong oh. on the ticker last night where I like mentally marked it up as a W for you. As, no. After you and I were texting about no. it. No. No, 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 no. Oh, I feel, so, now I feel real bad. So what we're left with in, 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 uh, in terms of the futures is we do have the two short shots. I mean, nice place to be going into the quarterfinals, which begin today. We have Ego on the ladies' side. We have Nick Kyrgios on the men's side. Nick Kyrgios, who took down the number one player in the world, the number one seed, Daniil Medvedev, yesterday in four sets, and did so um, while overcoming hitting a ball as hard as he could at the backstop behind him that came within one and a half inches of hitting a fan, and he would have been disqualified from the whole tournament. So we overcame that. Oh, by the way, he also ran on the other side of the net and hit a ball he didn't need to hit either. And that's just anyway. He's I still saw alive. that one live. It's like, unbelievable. Wait, how does so what? McEnroe and Curios was were not a rule that, uh, not aware that was a rule. Like I mean, I I thought it was a very obvious. I'm like as soon as I saw it, I'm like I'm pretty sure you can't do that. Pretty he's, sure you can't do that. He's like, well, I'm an idiot. Well, you're more of an idiot because you almost got disqualified by hitting a fan. Yeah. Good Lord. Anyway, so today we have three plays. We have Iga and Kyrio still alive. Let's go. But today, three plays, surprisingly, I mean, this is the point of the tournament where you don't think you'll have much left. I liked three. Now, here's the deal. All three, the line has moved in my favor. Made these last night. Actually, pretty late, last evening yesterday. So I got uh, the over in the Pliskova as a Renka match. These are all ladies' plays. Over 21 and a half games. That's now lined at 22, sort of as a coin flip right now. But we got it over 21 and a half. It's over 22. I would still play it at, at 22. Over. Uh, Danielle Collins, I got last night at plus 122. She was plus 104 when I looked tonight. As long as she's plus money, I would still play it. But please do not play it if it goes out of that. And then Jesse Bagula's minus, I got minus 122. She's minus 130 when I last looked this morning. I wouldn't play it any higher than that. So it's right on the edge of that. So, again, this is one of these things where we're like, you know, because Las Vegas, Chris, one of the things we might talk about later is, hey, you shouldn't put out, you know, lines that are not available. On this show, we're very honest about it. We're just like, hey, look, this is the parameters because I'll inevitably get people who are like, hey, what did you play anyway, even if it's not there anymore? So that's what I played. The, the, uh, the last one is still in range, Jesse Pagula. Jesse Pagula. The total is still playable, even though you got it at 22, I got 21 and a half. Um, the the Danielle freaking Collins one not quite as fun at plus one oh four. Like that's teetering. Don't play it any any worse than it is right now. So that's gonna happen some days, but that's the story. Those are the three I played today. Now, that's tennis. Tennis was just unbelievable enough with Kyrios advancing. Um, just a great tournament in Flushing Meadows. And then there's college football, right? There's tennis, which and the point of this all, Kelly, is I don't know if you know this about Dubbies, and we're here to make some money. So that's why I lead with the, with the tennis matches, because those are the plays for the day. Then there's college football, which, I mean, how do we characterize college football? We bet on this stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I don't bet much. <laughs> right, like, this is the thing we have to sort of like, it's awesome, right? Like, if you're looking for quality, this ain't your thing. This ain't your thing. If you're looking for wackiness and competitiveness, ah, oh, this is great. It's amazing. If you're looking to like bet it pre-flop, like I'm a big, big live better at college football, bet it pre-flop. I mean, are you chirping when you win these? 
Are you upset when you lose? Like, it's just incredible. Just off the top, right? And this is, we already talked about Thursday with the Pitt games and the Penn State games. That's like ancient history already. Yeah. I I mean. Yeah, go ahead. I I mean, I I said this last week. This is one of those things, and I mean this. I I, I sincerely mean this. People that bet this sport regularly and make money off of it. Mazel tov. I have so much respect for it. Me too. Because the fact that. Uh, basically, with especially with the transfer portal now, how you have to handicap every team completely overhauling their roster every year, that's completely one thing. And then, yeah, like what you're talking about right now, handicapping this week to week and trying to break down these matchups only to lose because of multiple stupid coaching decisions, <laughs> missed field goals. Like, uh, I, it would drive me insane. For years on this show, if you've listened to a numbers game for years, all we talk about is coaching blunders, both NFL and college, by the way. But in college, it's a particular brand of arrogance and stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaching blunders, the just the horrible place-kicking in college football, Just it's just all so sloppy. Anyway, but, but entertaining? My God, was it awesome. So entertaining. So great. <laughs> both things can be true. And, and look, like bets I had this weekend, I won and lost because of both, right? Like, I had a Florida State second-half bet plus two. That loses with the final <laughs> touchdown from LSU, okay? I also had a live bet on the University of Florida on Saturday, yeah. which mir- like almost miracle interception to win that game, right? So the craziness balances out, so hopefully, hopefully, is what you can hope for. But, man, I like you said, all those things were live or in-game that I did. It's both ends of the spectrum, right? Because Iowa, what did Iowa have 10 total first downs? They beat South Dakota State 7-3. to three. Yeah. I saw it's, it's at a halftime. Vir- I was like, it's virtually impossible to do this in college football. By the way, we were all robbed of a five to three final score, which is what it really poetically should have been, with another safety, two safeties for Iowa. So seven to three, Iowa wins that. That was on one end of the spectrum, and then you have was it like a it, the, the two games on Saturday morning, both involving the Carolina teams, all all four Carolina teams. But it's NC State East Carolina. NC State wins that twenty one to twenty as a thirteen point favorite. When they're place kicker, and I feel bad even naming him, right? But out of the sake of thoroughness, I'll, I'll say it. Owen Daffer, uh, East Carolina's place kicker, misses a PAT with 346 left. And then he misses a game-winning potential game-winning field goal with nine seconds left. Sorry, Daffer, Mr. Daffer and all your family. Mm-hmm. Then North Carolina and App State, the fourth quarter alone was 40-22 to 22 in favor of App State. And how many games in the history of college football has a team scored 40 points in the fourth quarter at home and lost? Yeah, Four, it was 41 to 21 heading into the fourth quarter. App State scores twice to make it 41 to 35. UNC scores to make it 49 35 with a two point conversion. App scores, App State scores twice again, 49 49. UNC scores once, 56 49. Less than three minutes left. They end up scoring more points in the final three minutes than an entire Iowa South Dakota State game. Three touchdowns. Chase Bryce to Deshaun Davis with 38 seconds left to make it 56-55, and App State does what they're supposed to do. Go for two, and they do. And then Chase Bryce just airmails Deshaun Davis. Davis is distraught. Not your fault, buddy. He airmailed you. College football. It is what it is. Then an onside kick, down one. And the dude from Carolina, Bryson Nesbitt, takes it back to the house. Lay down! Just go down! Just go down, man. Takes it to the house. They kick an extra point. It's an eight-point lead. Eight points with 28 seconds left? That's nothing. Bryce to Caden Robinson for 22, then 26 with 19 seconds left. And it looked like then, down two, 
with a chance to tie it with a two-point conversion that Chase Bryce was going to walk into the end zone. And suddenly, within a split second, everybody was on top of him. Did he just get tired? What happened there? And North Carolina wins it 63-61. to App State was a three-point favorite. And then last night, your FSU Seminoles, Matt Brown's LSU Tigers. Oh, yeah. What do you win? Does he have to, win? Does he have to wear some He's FSU stuff? He's got to wear a Florida State shirt for his entire show one day. He's actually supposed to change his Twitter avatar for the entire week, too. Hasn't been done yet, Gil. Uh, Hasn't been done. Slagger. Going to have to... 24-23 Florida State. LSU was a four-point favorite. FSU up seven with 3.04 left. Malik Neighbors muffs his second punt of the game. Three plays later in a goal-to-go situation for FSU. Toss Ward, play. Trishaw Ward fumbles on a toss play. What, <laughs> Wait, are, we what doing? are we doing? And then 125 left. LSU goes on an 11 pl- is this 11-play drive with 125 left? It's an epidemic in football, but going into prevent defense and allowing 90-yard drives. It's like you want to settle it at the goal line. Jaden Daniels to Jeray Jenkins. They're down one. Immediately, Brian Kelly puts up the finger for one hand for for to and tie why? it. Can we talk more about that what on the other side? What are we doing? And Damian Ramos gets it blocked. Not his fault. There was just no protection. College football, baby. We're betting on this stuff. Let's talk some all season win totals next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. And stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here as well. I was fired up in that first segment. Sorry about that. We bet on this stuff. Crazy weekend, man. We've been talking about this stuff for years. Coaching, field goal kicking, just place kicking in general in college football. I don't like it, and that's... Roller coaster, When people want to... It's not like there's that many people uh, talking bad about him out there, but like Justin Tucker... 
He's he is that good. He's that good because there's so many people around the country yes. in every level of football that try to do what he does every time, and there's just so many mistakes. I can't do it. I mean, Gil, Gil, I know you and I have done primetime action. We did primetime action two years ago. 19-year-olds kicking game-winning kicks <laughs> or shooting free throws, I want nothing to do with. I told you, I feel bad mentioning the guys. I feel bad, and, you know, out of the sake of thoroughness, I want to give everybody's names. I feel bad even mentioning it. Like, I don't know. He chose yeah. to be there. He chose, he chose to be there. It was his life's goal. You could say his name. <laughs> it's like, your point. It is bad, though. Like, you know how hard that kid is worked yes. day in and day out for those opportunities and then nothing. And some little schmendrick like me gets on the radio and is like, Owen Daffer missed a field goal at an extra point. <laughs> we don't mean to single you out, Owen. That's right. Schmendrick, by the way. Uh, all right, uh, some NFL news this weekend. Cowboys expecting to sign 40-year-old offensive tackle Jason Peters to a one-year deal. How about that? Oh, yeah. Well. He's one of those guys that uh, him and Vince Wilfork are in the top three of, like, the scariest human beings I've ever seen in person, just, like, the size of the, that they are. That I understand how he's still playing football at 40. It just He's a massive human being. Well, let you know how tough it is on their offensive line, right? The former longtime Eagle joining the division rival Cowboys. They hope he can replace the injured Tyron Smith. Remember that uh, hard knocks to New England Patriots with uh, Vince Wolfork wearing the uh, the overall jeans yeah. with nothing else? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough image to get out of your mind. <laughs> I saw him driving around a golf cart once just yeah. by him. The thing was tilted like this much to the left <laughs> side that he was driving. It was it was one of the greatest images of my life. And then here's the, here's you know we talked about the Matthew Stafford elbow injury. How serious is it? How non serious is it? All all summer long it seems like, or most of the summer. And now Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford saying there are no limitations on his right elbow. His right elbow. Stafford, who played through right elbow pain last season and received an injection in the elbow during the season, you may recall, didn't throw during spring workouts and was put on a throwing schedule during training camp. At least, you know, here we are three days before the NFL opener, the Rams and the Bills. And he's saying it's cool. I yeah, got no I limitations. What, I don't know what the full timeline was on that this weekend, Gil, but that was either... Either before or, after, before or after that, Dan Graziano had a report about expecting this to be an issue all season long for Stafford, which we've heard rumblings of kind of all summer. It's part of the reason why it led me to that Bills bet this Thursday night, actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Something to keep an eye on because, you know, now we've got the team saying there's absolutely no problem. Um, and, you know, some reports out there that there is some concern. So who really knows? Who knows? Can't be good though, right? I mean, you wouldn't think so. Fox Sports. I got, I got one more coming through right now for Please. you, Gil. Commanders yes. announced Ryan Kerrigan has been named assistant defensive line coach. Oh wow, team. Ryan Kerrigan, who uh, played most of his uh, NFL career with Washington, had sort of the uh, franchise sack leader. Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. Wow. Ryan Kerrigan, one of the great uh, modern day Washington football teamers, if you will, modern history guys, because he played there for so long. Played played a cup of coffee with the Eagles after that, I believe. But uh, on as a coach. Speaking of the commanders, Fox Sports' Ralph Vacciano reporting that Sam Howell, quote, could end up impacting the commander's future plans, unquote, at quarterback. How vague of a comment is that? Um, <laughs> you know, I found it interesting. You know, Kelly, you could impact a numbers game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like uh, thanks. Okay. I guess. I, I guess it's a vote of confidence. I could go either way. <laughs> uh, no, Ralph Vacciano reporting Sam Howell. Listen, it's Carson Wentz. It's Taylor Heineke. It's Sam Howell. He is one of those guys, though, where it was it was always like a head scratcher of why he was like, why do you draft him there? Right? It's it's for a 
It's for a, a hope that he's a long shot opportunity that maybe pays off down the road. And it, it sounds like maybe they're higher on him than they uh, thought they might be at this point. Well, they refuse to really commit to Taylor Heineke, right? No matter right. what he does. Yeah, you're still, we're still going to bring in somebody else. Carson Wentz, they traded way too much for. And I don't know, maybe. And then there's ESPN's Dan Graziano. So we had uh, Fox Sports' Ralph Vacciano and now ESPN's Dan Graziano. Only Italian reports allowed on this show this morning. Dan Graziano writes, don't be surprised. Here's another one, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> Don't be surprised if Colts running back Naheem Hines sets a career high in catches this season. There you go for you prop players out there. You yeah. find a Naeem Hines prop. Al, there's been a lot, a lot of those, a lot of those stories circling all summer, right? About you're going to see two, those two backs on the field at the same times. Cowboys aren't going to do it apparently, but the Colts are. There's a couple of vague reports out there. It's like saying someone's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. you're capable. I always of... think about, I always think what Matt Brown talks about with UFC training camps too, where it's like you know nobody ever in the history of UFC training camps has had a bad camp, right? You know, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of these are the same kind of reports. Remarkable. Capable of being remarked on. All right, favorite alt-season win totals. Now, we had a great, you and I have talked about this, or I, I've talked about it even before your arrival with, with Parlay before, how alt-season win totals, Drew Dinsick and I used to talk about all the time, the notion that the alt-season, that alternate season win totals, the notion that those markets are priced properly is probably a fallacy. So the opportunity exists. Now, we had a great show last week, you and I, Kelly, I want to say it was Wednesday, where we had uh, Matt Bookalter, from Plus EV Analytics in here, talking about how much he loved betting them. And then sort of a cautionary note from Steve Fezzik, two-time Hilton Super Contest winner as well, saying, well, but the fact that you can't find these markets everywhere does sort of limit some of your opportunity. Mm -hmm. And both points are correct. Yes. I know this is crazy in sports betting where where one person, and I know how we are, where I'm right and you're the dumbest person on earth. No, both things are right. It, it totally. I thought it was a great show. Both those guys, like you said, they both made. They both made. They're both correct. They both have make excellent points. And Steve Steve's point was, hey, look, if you have enough outs, that you're probably not going to be able to find as much value in these alternate win total markets because there's not as many shops hanging up. That's right. That was his whole point, which I completely agree. Completely with. agree with. And we did this exercise last night, kind of putting together our favorite ones. Gil, I don't. I don't know how many I. It's the first time I really kind of shopped around books around the country to see what the best odds were I could find out there. But it was amazing how drastically different the odds were on some of these alt-win totals. Yeah. And and listen, same things can be said for other markets. Like People are like, oh, the, the money line parlays we do. Steve makes a great point about money line parlays. One of the points, right, is you just won't find the single best price for all of those legs in one shop. He's right. Right? There's no question about right, that. Right, yeah. It never happens. Favorite alt-season win totals. Full disclosure, I have not bet all of these yet. Colts over 11. I think they're going to roll in that division. I think Tennessee is down. I'm not as high as Jackson on Jacksonville as others are, and the Texans are the Texans. Colts over 11 wins in that division, plus 200. Give me that. With all the injury and retirement around surrounding the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, retirement to Ali Marpet, but the injuries at wide out and offensive line. Tom Brady is 45 years old, under 10.5 wins, plus 150. Always shop around for these prices. I'm looking for the ones with, with bigger bang for your buck, though, Kelly. Vikings over 10.5 wins. I don't believe the Packers 
are going to be as good this year without Devontae Adams. I don't think Aaron Rodgers can be just as good magically without him. And I think this is finally the year the Vikings do it with Kirk Cousins. I'm not a serial Viking guy. This is the year. Vikings over 10.5 at plus 180. I'll take it. Browns over 9.5 wins. I think the pendulum is swinging too much with public perception with Deshaun Watson's absence. So I'll take the Browns over 9.5 wins at plus 210 because players 2 through 53 pretty darn good. And then the Chiefs under 9.5 wins at plus 200. This is largely because of the first seven games on their schedule being so difficult. It's the one I like the least of the bunch, quite frankly, but I'll take a flyer. You asked for five. Did you ask for five? I gave you I five. I said three to five. Okay, there you go. Because I, I did three and a half. Uh, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yours? So the Vikings one, we both have on there. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. The, bu- the Buccaneers one. This is the one I wanted to point out. Looking at different shops around town, under 10 and a half wins, plus 180 found at one. I found under 10 wins at plus 180 at wow. another shop. There you go. So, like, that's where this was kind of the first time I really shopped whole country. But this is, ju- this is just like any other market, people. Shop around because the numbers can be drastically different. Um, yeah, the ones I like. So, Vikings, I bet. I bet probably, I don't know, six, four, six weeks ago at this point. And it was one on there I didn't want to fully list on there just because the number had drifted so much. So I got that at over 10 wins at plus at plus 200. I'm seeing 10 and a half as the alt number at most places now. So I, I look, I still like it. I'm very high on the Vikings this year. I think it's still playable. But just know that's one that's gotten a lot of action over the summer. Uh, Colts plus 11, plus 210 over at Circa. Gil, I bet that last night. So that was getting that... That big a uh, number on over 11 wins with the Colts, you broke it down perfectly. I think the Titans can take a huge step back this year. The rest of that co- uh, rest of that division I'm not confident in whatsoever. Uh, like the over, ele- over 11 there. These two I have not bet, but I do like. Under 10.5 wins for the Bucks. you pointed out. And I like the Saints in that division, so I'm going over 9.5 wins there with them. We did not talk about this beforehand. We are simpatico on three of those. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, Colts, Bucks, and Vikings. We are all about uh, the over, under, and over in those respectively. Coming back, baseball. What a weekend it was as well with Paul Spore next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Once again here, don't forget about our pro and college Guides, college football, pro football, that is. My goodness, are these things off the hook? We still sing off the hook, Kelly, by the way. Are we doing that? Yeah, of course. No? I'm sure all the cool kids are. Off the meat rack? Nobody knows football like Visa. Now's the time to become a Visa subscriber. Get our comprehensive college and pro guide, uh, guides. That is, only Visa subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early and for a discount at $175. You'll receive both guides and full Visa access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month to see everything Visa has to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network skill alexander kelly bidlin here as well um we talk about tennis how awesome it was this weekend um we still have the you know while we lost our our sexy play of samsonova we still have the short shots the current short shots in iga and in nick curio so that's good and then we talk about the wackiness of college football baseball was tremendous as well paul spore from Fangraphs joins us the sleeper in the bus podcast and of course at twitch.tv slash spore, where he plays MLB The Show each and every night. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Gil. How are you? I'm great. Let me, let me start with something that I have been pounding week after week 
baseball guest after baseball guest, and I'm sure people thought I was nuts that I kept doing this. But it was like, hey, the Yankees are up 10. Do you think this could happen? Rays, 80 to 1. Jays, 25 to 1. I kept saying this. And now it's five, man. It is five. And this is, and the point of this was you could tell the Yankees had been overperforming. They had so many holes in that offense, yeah. by the way, in defense as well. And so now you get to a situation where I don't know why they're even pitching to Aaron Judge. Michael Montesano, who won the uh, booby prize at Circa, he texted me that yesterday. He's like, why are we pitching to Judge? I have no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. That's a good point. I mean, nothing's going on with that offense. He should be getting the bonds treatment at this at this juncture. I think that makes actually a lot of sense uh, to, to just go full bonds on him until somebody else starts to step up. And that's the thing, you know, you said you never you never really saw this team as, as that great when they were being historically great. It never s- seemed like that team. It feels like revisionist. But you think about it at the time and it just they never really jumped out like this. Uh, Im- impeccable team. The thing I kept saying it. I never thought that they were necessarily going to fall off like this. I just kept saying, let's see where they're at in October, though. What's the team going to look like? What? What? Uh, because they're old, and I didn't really believe in them from that standpoint. That's that was my concern. I didn't necessarily see this fall off the way it's happened, but I I have never really gotten the warm and fuzzies about this Yankees team. The best thing going for them for those considering. Okay, well, I didn't get in the on in on the eighty to one on the Rays or the twenty five to one on the Jays. Uh, the best thing going for the Yankees right now is that with 30 games remaining for both the Rays and the Jays, nine of them, 30% of their remaining games play or are against each other, right? So yeah. if you're the Yankees, your best hope is you're like, go 5-4 either way. We yeah, don't care. Just split, just split all day, guys. They have a doubleheader today, so they're yeah. hoping for the split uh, on the doubleheader. But, yeah, that is really interesting how much those two teams play course the Rays are in the mix though too and so they've got three teams chasing them as hard as they can uh but you're right it it is very interesting that Toronto and and Baltimore still have so many left uh but if one of those teams emerges and and takes you know uh seven of nine that's going to be huge for them in that race yeah right now by the way uh Yankees you know minus 1100 to win that division the Jays are 12 to 1 so are the Rays 12 to 1 by the way the Orioles are 250 to 1 I just want to point that out the the Orioles 250 to 1 still uh wait and what, the Jays are you said the Jays are 12 to 1 with a two and a half game difference between the two mm-hmm. that's exactly right I'm looking at I mean, dra- I'm looking insane. at DraftKings always shop around but I'm looking at DraftKings yeah that's insane, That's insane, right? That's so truly insane. The Orioles who play, take the Orioles. Yeah, Orioles doubleheader today against the Jays. Two and a half behind the Jays. That's the distance between them and making the postseason. But eight and a half behind the Yankees, mm-hmm. 250 to one as opposed to the 12 to one that we see with the Rays and the Jays. So it, it's yeah. fascinating, all these numbers. Twins and Guardians and White Sox have now all mushed up next to each other. By the here way, come the White Sox. Yeah, here come the White Sox who are still. Or what, you know, I'm just last 10, four and six. Uh, Tony Tony LaRusa goes away and they're four and one. Um, They're they're 500. And because they're 500, they're just two games out with the Twins and the Guardians tied. Um, Who's winning this division? Pretty simple question. Pretty simple question, seemingly, but but is it? I, I mean, I did say here come the, the White Sox in in a little bit of a joking manner, but like you said, four and one since TLR went out. I do think TLR is a big problem, so I, I don't think it's coincidental that they had a little run there. I, I think he's a terrible manager. I don't wish him any ill health, though. You know, get get well soon and everything. Sure. But uh, 
if you had to sit out for the rest of the year, it might actually help the ball club. I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny or anything. I just, I just don't think he's got it. And I, I'm again, I'm really not surprised that they have a little flourish when he's not there. I think this White Sox team is going to come back and win it. They've had a lot of talent. Really, I, I, I've I've consistently been worried about them, but they're finally starting to play. It's very short. It's it's a week. It's not even a week. You said they're four and one in their last uh, their last five there. I think they're going to come back and get it. Cleveland's melting. Cleveland's melting. They've lost five in a row. Um, I like the Twins. I am nervous that Molly came back and was hit hurt again and, and just not ready. Uh, that gives me a lot of pause about their rotation with Gray. Uh, Gray and Joe Ryan I like, but then you go Bundy, Archer. Is that is that a strong enough rotation to get the job done? I, I don't think so. I thought Molly was a brilliant ad for them, but if they don't have him, I'm nervous. I'm going back to the White Sox. They're going to win this division. Well, that's plus 380 in some spots. Again, shop around. Cleveland's plus 105 to win that division. The Twins are plus 160. The White Sox plus 380 just at a glance with the White Sox down two games. And the thing about these guys, these three teams, is with, you know, Minnesota has 30 left. White Sox have 28 left. Cleveland has 30 left. It's incestuous, right? Minnesota Mm -hmm. plays the Guardians eight more times. They play the White Sox six more times. And the White Sox play the Guardians Oh, uh, let's see, four more times. So, I mean, we know I mean, this is all going to be decided, right, moving forward. Yeah. And nobody's making the playoffs if you don't win the division. Exactly. That's the thing in the Central is that these teams know they have to win that division. So uh, that is going to be a heck of a battle there with all three of those teams. I, I like what Cleveland's done. You know, they've been a sneaky team, good pitching with some hitting rising up, but losing those five in a row. And to good teams, of course, Seattle and Baltimore, other other contenders, but uh, that's that's so devastating at the front end of September here, and that's why I'm nervous about them. And like I said, that White Sox team finally pulling in the right direction uh, of of where this team is supposed to be. I think uh, Cease uh, obviously has been great. Lance Lynn is back. I still have concerns about Gilito, without a doubt. But I look at their rotation. I, I like it better than Minnesota's. Johnny Cueto's been pitching pretty well. I think their lineup is still pretty good. Yasmani yeah, Grandal starting to look a little bit better, a little bit more healthy. I, I think the White Sox get this. I really do. All right. You know where I'm going last here. Mets, one game lead over the defending World Series champion Braves. One. Of course. And, and not through really any of their fault necessarily. Right. right. I, I, I would say. I would interject quickly. Yeah. yeah. Like the Braves have been playing well. I don't know that it's been the Mets metting or anything like that. Mets have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in baseball. 426 is the is the aggregate win percentage <laughs> of their remaining opponents. They literally, 27 games left, seven Pirates, five I Marlins, see. three Cubs, yep. three A's, three Nationals. Three legitimately three games left against the Braves and three games left against the Brewers. That's about it. That's it. Yeah, that, that is literally it as far as quality teams, both on the road there. But that's only six year remaining games against quality opponents. So you're going to ask, you know, are they going to blow this? I, I don't think so because of that schedule. I think that schedule really does help. Braves have been on fire. What's the Braves schedule like, though? Uh, not horrible, but compared to that, much more difficult, right? Bra- yeah. Braves are still bottom third. But, I mean, they do have to play seven against the Phillies alone, right? So that's sort of what changes And they changes live on it. the road a bit more. Yeah. Um, so so even though they got some of these other teams, you know, Oakland's not 
difficult, but then they got three at Seattle, three at San Francisco. San Francisco also not difficult, but they're a team that can get you, especially on the road. So yeah, it's a little bit more difficult for Atlanta. It's one game. It really is a coin flip, but I'm not going to waffle and say, oh, either team could win. Of course, that's true. I'll pick the Mets. I think they're going to hang on because again, I don't think that this has closed because of their ineptitude. I think it's because of the Braves quality. So I don't, I don't think we're seeing a Mets meltdown here. I think they're going to go ahead and, and close it out with that easy schedule. But if I told you, you know, with this few games, Left in the season, the Braves are one out, and you could still get them plus two twenty five to win the division. Man, I think you, you got to take that. You, get, you yeah, make yeah, that yeah. bet. I think you yeah, do. Yeah, you have F- to. Favorite bet today, and your DFS thoughts. Um, favorite bet today. I'll take. I'll take Suarez uh, against the Tigers. There. What are they at? Minus one nine. They, they should probably be a minus. 200 at least something there so it's a pretty big favorite uh, to take the angels but jose suarez has been amazing uh, so I, I really do like what he's doing there nobody else really jumps actually you know what no i would pivot to the white Sox. i'm gassing up the white Sox. they're on the road they're going to seattle i talked about lance lynn he's back minus 125 that's where i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna go with the white Sox on the uh the road favorite and then uh, as far as stacks looking for san diego um they're, they're in Colorado, of course. So, or no, no, excuse me. Colorado's Milwaukee. But go San Diego. Go go with a San Diego stack today against the Diamondbacks. Ryan Nelson, Major League debut. Sorry, Ryan. Going to have to pick on you and go San Diego batters. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Thanks, Enjoy Dave. your Labor Day. Thank you. You too. Paul Spore, everybody. At Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R, on Twitter. Survivor Strategy next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada and attention to all BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Listen to this. You just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message, inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Then, once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager settled, bang, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. I added the bang. 
Share the excitement of Bet, uh, at BetMGM, that is, and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Speaking of baseball, by the way, we didn't get to this with uh, with Paul Swore, but Zach Gallen, did you see this? Uh, Kelly has run his scoreless inning streak to 41 and a third innings. I saw. I did actually see that. 41 and a third innings. You know, the record is uh, Oral Hershiser back in 1988-59. He's still got a few stars here where he can bust that. If he beats that, is he a sneaky, freaky brother sneaking in from the rear, winning the NL Cy Young? I know how much <laughs> for, you love that. For, for a uh, for a team? Yeah. That, that might be sneaking into the wild card race? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. What are they, six and a half out? I mean, the fact that they're right there with the Giants, half game behind the Giants. I mean, they're, both of these teams are like, you know, it's a dream at this point. Yeah, but, but like, I'm just saying, if the fact that SportsCenter has to show a graphic with right. who's in the race at this point of the year, the Diamondbacks are there, and you know the Orioles two and a half out. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty. I mean, it's not one of baseball's hallowed records necessarily. It's not like you know home run, <clears throat> pardon me, or you know Joe DiMaggio's streak of of hits, you know games with hits, but scoreless inning streak and Oral Oral Hershiser. The fact that he is a a three wood away, it's pretty interesting. All right, which brings us to the National Football League. Have you signed up for all your contests yet, Kelly? Heck no, Gil. <laughs> Get, cut to a shot of Kelly this coming Saturday. Yeah, frustrated in the line. I'm like, I'm thinking. So the de- the deadline is two o'clock on Saturday. I'm uh, thinking I'm going to go downtown Saturday, maybe taking some college football <laughs> at Circa. And as you rightfully texted back, you were like, "What could possibly what? go wrong with that plan? What could possibly happen?" Okay, I haven't either, by the it's way. It's okay, Circa likes us. Uh, that's right. Well, they, I don't know. They, they've, they've, had me t- they've allowed me to, to, to twist some things before. So. Have they? Yeah, yeah. I had to fill out multiple entries for us for our show. You know, we had a show entry last oh, year. Oh, for primetime action. There was uh, yeah. Um, because I think one of the one of the rules, if you have multiple entries, right? Like it has to. I think it stays the same name as what you had a year before or something. Really? And I wanted to switch it to the show one for us. Oh, so it allowed me to do that. Not like it's you know anything huge, but okay. Well, what we're excited about more than anything, can I speak for you on this? You excited more about Survivor yeah, or Millions? I'm excited. I'm excited. More for, more for Survivor or Millions. Uh, millions, because I still I still believe there's a there's a chance of me hitting one of those quarterlies. Okay, that's true. Sur- Survivor, I, I I am doing mostly just for this show. Oh, Survivor, you legit, until I get hooked. Survivor, you know? legit, you can win this thing. Here's so here's the deal. Now we'll try to give some Survivor tips here at the beginning of the season because a lot of people were asking for it. And um, how can I put this? It, it it I waver at the beginning of the season, but but here are the here are the tried and true tenets of Survivor. As far as I'm concerned, first of all, the game is named wrong. Okay. And the reason I say it that way, not that I'm saying anybody should change the name, but what I'm saying is because it's called survivor, people tend to think that, well, the object is to survive. No, the object is to win. And I think that's like the first thing that, that drives people off the scent because we as human beings, the way that our brains are wired, and maybe some of us are guilty of it because we do shows on this. So we want to last in it as long as possible. But honestly, we get so enamored with the journey of it. Oh, I got to survive this next week and the next week and the next week. Remember, you got to take chances at some point. Game theory matters at some point. So the object, the ultimate object is not to survive. It is to win. So in that respect, it's, it's misnamed. 
Now, the biggest thing, and this applies to NCAA March Madness pools as well, or any pool, DFS, whatever you're playing, know the size of your pool. Know the size of it. Uh, We'll take it to the extreme. If you're playing against five other people or ten other people, you play it a certain way. You'll much much, uh, more readily go Kansas and Kentucky, let's say, or Duke, or, you know, big favorites in college basketball, the the ones that you uh, are much more sure about advancing. You can do it that way because there's fewer competitors and you don't need to take as many chances. It's just sort of how that works. If it's a massive pool like Circus Survivor, well, you can't play it the chalkiest way every week. You're going to get crushed on this. You're going to have to employ, you're, you're going to have to recognize everything that's going on. The specific rules is the main thing, right? In Circa, they add two extra weeks. So you have to save teams for Thanksgiving. You have to be aware that those teams are still available to you. Every different pool has a different quirk. There are some survivor pools that at some point during the season require you to pick two teams. Have to know that if that, those are the rules to your pool. So know the size of it. Know the specific rules. Those are just basic elements to this. Now, there's other things, though. There is, and I think these are the ones that will really help. Obviously, those are, those are just basics. These are the ones that will really help you kind of win. And one of them is, and I think the biggest win is, often an option, let's say you're in week eight, often an option that is just a few percentage points lower in win probability but is far less popular can be a great pick. So it's not just about, well, this team's the biggest favorite on the board. I have them left. And, uh, you know, I know from Survivor that I've got to be aware, will I play them again? Is there a place to play them again? Yeah, you know what? Maybe not. So that's the team I should play. As opposed to a team that is, you know, maybe the third biggest favorite on the board that week, and you're only losing a few percentage points in win probability, but is far less popular. If you know that, if you, if you can surmise that a large percentage of, of players, of opposing players are going to, play the biggest favorite on the board, but you, by just coughing up a few win percentage points, can play something that is going to have far less of a percentage that actually use that team. That's the team to play. We did a thought exercise this last Thanksgiving, Kelly. I don't know if you remember. The Raiders were playing the Cowboys. Remember that penalty-filled game? Yeah. And I said to Jeff Parlay, and I'm not picking on Jeff, but I think it was a great sort of representation of how most people think. The Cowboys were a huge favorite that day, and there was two other options that were, I think, more solid that day. But I said to him, I go, let's say you were in a pool and you were one of 100 remaining people, and you knew, you knew that 99 players were going to play the Cowboys in this. I mean, this was, this was the obvious play of the game, I should say. You knew that 99 of the 100 were going to play the Cowboys. Would you take the Raiders? And he goes, ah, I can't do it. And I said to him, Jeff, how many times are you on the cusp of $6 million? You have to play have the Raiders to. that day. Yeah. Even it makes you feel uncomfortable. By the way, by the way, the Raiders ended up winning, right? But I, I guess I, that's what I'm. What I'm trying to get at is you have to recognize what other people are going to do. You have to surmise. By the way, ESPN is a great sort of resource. They they do massive culling of of all kinds of national pools. You can figure out what percentages are going to play what teams, and 
You have to play accordingly to that. At that point, you can't think, oh, I want to play in that example. I want to play the Cowboys, too, just so I can survive along with them. No, you go for the jugular, and you have to be prepared to lose. That's the, that's the whole thing about the game being misnamed. The object is to win, not to survive. Now, would you say that, does that apply, in your mind, does that apply the entire season or is it really more when you get to that back half? yes so this is so now this is the issue because that is that where the survivor in that's where the surviving to win yes. stuff gets split to well me. before that the question becomes what do you do early in the season and here's where i even admit it's more art than science none of us while we've spent a whole summer talking about which teams we think are good and which teams we think are not good which teams we have a higher opinion of than conventional wisdom which teams we have a lower opinion of None of us really knows a damn thing. And so in the first couple weeks of Survivor, and this very, you know, look, if you have one entry, if you have multiple entries, multiple entries does give you a bit of a, I mean, that's the one thing about multiple entries. At least in week one, it gives you the ability to, to screw up badly and to overcome that. Later on, I'm not, you know, I don't really know how much it helps you, to be honest, because I think you only play the last one optimally. But I think you, early in the season, week one, let's just take week one, I think you play it more to the vest than you would later, even though you don't really know anything, if that makes sense. Right. It's much more nebulous in the first week. Because we, every year, there's something in week one that knocks out a massive amount of players. By the way, one, one survivor myth I want to throw in here, too. Yeah. People say avoid division games. There's absolutely no basis to that. It's based on the belief that upsets are more likely when two division rivals get together. However... Even though that may sound good, the evidence doesn't support it. Since 2002, among teams favored by five or more points, division favorites have actually won a higher percentage than non-division favorites. It's your pro tip for the hour, by the way. Alt win totals earlier can have great value in NFL betting, but just like any other bet, make sure to shop around for best odds and compare to regular win totals. Alt win totals, your pro tip of the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 every day. They're available for VEASAN pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport end by show. Coming back with college football. I'm Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 